Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFU Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, talking DC United, Washington Spirit, U.S. Men's National Team, Loudoun United, all the soccer, which I only want, only one's really playing right now. Well, the, well, the Spirit did finish up, finish up the fall series. They won their 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 bracket, which is good. Um, and yeah, man, uh, how, how was your weekend, man? How'd you do? Oh, I was great. I had a weekend in Virginia Beach in the rain, but it was in Virginia. It was away from home, and you can't you can't ask for more than that right now in the middle of a pandemic. But also, really, uh, hashtag blessed here. We have plenty of things to talk about. We do, we do, we do. You you yeah, were actually think, show. you were thinking about uh, about skipping the show, and then suddenly uh, something and uh, something amazing happened, or something I don't want to say amazing, but something surprising, notable, happening. something notable. newsworthy, notable, notable, exactly. Uh, also, before we get started, I want to thank everyone who yes. bought a T-shirt. Um, there were a lot of you, so thank you all for doing that. You're apparently it will ship out in two weeks, so I expect to uh, have a whole bunch of pictures sent to us on the uh, on the Twitter feed, so that we can show all the all the turkeys who waited waited past the uh, time at which the uh, the fundraiser closed. But thank you all for your support, and I think that undoubtedly it was a success, and we'll do more of this stuff. DC soccer cuties shorts may happen. Who knows? I, I did. I think I made a statement that if we sold X number, we sold X plus. So, have yeah. to, man, on my yeah. word, gotta Thank, make some shorts. You guys make this show possible. Um, you guys have continued to amaze me. Um, I, I still, you know, maybe I'll reminisce a little bit. I still think about when John and I started this show through through a message about what we wanted to do. I don't think we ever thought it would get to this. Um, so again, you guys continue to be amazing and impressive. Um, so uh, let's just jump into the news. Uh, I am very sore right now. I have, like pl- refereed eight youth soccer games this weekend. That was my weekend, by the way. Was just constant refereeing. Um, parents were all nice and very uh, pleasure uh, pleasure to to ref in front of. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, but let's get into the news. Uh, ben Olson, ten years, no longer the coach. Um, this is something that we had talked about. I think a lot about whether you know. First, we hear he's on the hot seat. I think we all kind of thought probably till the end of the year is when this is when it's going to happen, if, the way things were going. Um, but apparently things decided to, to end a little bit quicker. Um, the team announcing that they have parted ways. Uh, he apparently they are he, he's part of his contract, which um, has been reported on by uh, uh, by Pablo Maurer, has said that uh, he basically gets another role in the club. Uh, you you were saying before the show started that apparently in his Instagram post, not sure whether whether that's going to happen. Yeah, um, the direct I'm, I'm reading now. The direct quote is: "I'm looking forward to the unknown in this next chapter of my life, but will cherish the 20 plus years of service to the organization." So that doesn't mean that he, it means he doesn't know what he's going to do next. But to me, it made it sound like I'm I'm putting a bow on this 20 years. I'm going to go do something different. Now we were talking before the show. Granted he's got a paycheck coming to him of less money than he had before, but it would be very hard. It's like a demotion in your current office, a place that you've worked for 20 years. And all of a sudden you're like, well, you have the one job, but now you're, now you're a goodwill ambassador for the company. (laughs) So you (laughs) hang out, you hang out in the kitchen and give everybody their coffee for half of your pay, half of your normal paycheck. Yeah. It's certainly a demotion for him. And, you, you almost have to and this there was a moment you know when, when when it was announced I think there are a lot of us there are a lot of people who have been critics from him from day one there are people that have been asking why you know how is he still here you know, there are people who have built their entire online yeah. personas around having him be fired and how and, everything is his fault so 
the worst part about this is it it, it serves as a quasi vindication for for a few individuals that have driven most DC soccer fans, media, whatever, insane for the last seven, like a million years. Hey, hey, Rudy, man, we're gonna open the show for calls, man. Call in. Let, let this be a moment we can make peace. We'll build it's, their it, entire. <laughs> um... <laughs> John has to go ruin my moment, man. I swear. No, I wanted to. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, Rudy, man, call into the show, man. You've been you've been ha- harping on Ben. You've been the most vocal critic of Ben. This is our chance, my friend. Let's make peace. Let's make peace. It's it's it's. Let's bury the hatchet. I, I am I am reaching an olive branch out to you, my friend. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is it's going to be a weird uh, it's going to be a weird feeling because it's been ten years. Like I think about like twenty ten. I was like a sophomore in college when Ben Olson took over the job. At, uh, at 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 DCU uh, when he was named the coach and it's gonna feel really like it probably feels still feels a little weird now though I mean we're not there have been instances when you know Ben's obviously been you know fired from the bench and Chad Ashton's been there so it didn't feel quite as weird as I expected because Chad Ashton's been there he's been there since uh, since Tom Stone was hired in 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 two thousand six I want to say or, or two thousand seven so. somewhere somewhere along those right along those lines um, so it, that 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 really didn't feel as weird um there was some interesting speculation as to, as to who would get who would get the interim job uh that was answered pretty quickly when they, when they gave it uh the people many people thought maybe it'd be nolan sheldon uh guy very very highly thought of in the organization uh academy coach youth coach now an assistant coach many people thought he might be sort of given the job as sort of a trial to see maybe if he can be the coach i, I think this personally I think that that's a bad situation i think they made the right coach uh, right choice giving it to to chad ashton um i think it sends a message that uh, unfortunate for chad look we're gonna we're gonna find somebody else um you know we're not we're not gonna throw an un you know, an untested coach into the waters. Um, I think I think it does send a message, sort of that message to the fans. I think if they hire Nolan Sheldon, I'd be thinking, oh god. I think you lose know. him though, right? Yeah. I think Nolan, I think Nolan probably says, all right, see ya, goodbye, next season. Maybe the uh, new they, coach coming in is going to want to bring it. Or you say that Chad Ashton goes, and now and Nolan becomes the the top the top assistant. That's the only way I see you retain Nolan, who many teams had apparently been making entreaties for before the season started. So something to consider. That by not giving him this shake, potentially you, you are you are saying goodbye in seven days. Very true, and but and th- there is a case to be made that I, I just think I think this team to make a statement to to make a a declaration that we are doing things differently, bringing anybody in in the current organization is going to send a message that. Well, it didn't work with you know where you know we 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 let it play out with Ben. Now we're basically going to do the exact same thing we did. I think this team needs to go out and they need to make a a big splash in their in their coach. I think they need to hire somebody from outside the organization. Bring bring a fresh pair of eyes. Uh, I feel like the, the biggest problem, the reason this team's been stuck, you know, part of the reason, obviously, the money's been been a big concern is the fact that just nothing has ever changed. It's always the same, same, same. And bringing a fresh pair of eyes can uh, can really make a difference in an organization, um, even one that is still maybe unsure how they're going to spend their money. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it stinks for Nolan. Uh, but I think it's the right call from the team to say, "Hey, we need we need a f- we need somebody to bring in a fresh perspective, something different, something that you know maybe we haven't thought about." Because right now, what, doing what we've been doing hasn't been working. 
Um, so, but uh, before we get into maybe a little bit of that, I do want to sort of uh, talk a little bit. And you know, obviously, this is sort of a, a tribute, a thank you to Ben Olson for ten years. This guy took the job when no one else in their right mind probably would would have taken this job. Uh, this team, I, I, you know, maybe I don't think maybe it was wasn't clear maybe two thousand ten ish. But certainly by 2011, 2012, and certainly by 2013, it was clear that this team was uh, very, very much on the cheap, on the budget. Uh, this was going to be it. And, and th- there, there's sort of a narrative that this team's just always been terrible, and that's just simply not true. It's been a it's been a roller coaster. It's been up and down. It's been you know good seasons, top of the East. Uh, you know, it's been in the playoffs, Eastern Conference Final, and then it's been seasons where it's been, you know, really, really bad. You know, 2010, 2013, 2017, almost on, you know, two, three, four year cycles of of sort of badness. And then we have, of course, 2020 um, right now. So uh, it's been a roller coaster probably when a team that, you know, doesn't spend the money to keep up. They have to sort of rely on, you know, finding value, and then they, you know, sign that value, and that value deteriorates. And it's, it's sort of been that cycle for Ben. Um, I have, I have a lot of, I think, I think there will still be some fond memories of, of Ben. Um, you know, obviously my favorite memory is the 2013 open cup final. In my opinion, that will be, I don't think we'll ever reminisce about how great that team was when they won that trophy, but we will reminisce just the, uh, the, the, almost the light in just an absolute darkness of that season when it was almost like an exception is sort of, I think when, when we finally accepted the fact that things are going to be really bad. I mean, this was a moment in which, you know, we didn't know if the team would even be in DC. There was, I don't think the stadium was even on the horizon. Jason Levy and the the ownership group that was brought in wasn't here. We had, you know, one guy kind of just holding, holding, uh, Will Chang kind of holding the reins, kind of trying to steer this thing. The season was going terribly. Everything was kind of, kind of falling apart and they still managed to go out and win a trophy and win in a major, a major American trophy. And, uh, that's something you can't take away from Ben. And, and they did it winning two road games even. So you can't even say, well, they played all their games at home, um, like, like some people like to say about uh, the Open Cup. So uh, for, for that instance, I think that was a, a significant uh, moment for me to watch that team do that and to go out and win that. Um, and and there have been plenty of other great moments. I think with Ben Olsen as coach, uh, it hasn't been, you know, as successful as the, as the late nineties and early, you know, mid two thousands. But I mean, it, this is what, what this team was and Ben guided this team. He didn't never complain. You never heard him say, I wish the owners would give me more. You know, I wish the owners would give me more money to sign more players. He was very much about any, and he had, a, I think a devotion to this team and wanted it to win. Um, what is it? They put out a stat that he's been involved in 70, 71% of DC United matches, all DC United matches, which is insane. Either as a player or a coach. So that is absolutely insane when you, when you, when you really think about it. So, um, and now we get to, we get to enter in a new era, uh, without Ben. So, uh, that, that's my piece on Ben. So cheers to you, Ben. Thanks so much for the, thanks so much for the time. Uh, well, I'm lots of time. It was for sure. So what's, uh, do we want to get into the coaching? Uh, we can either go to the game or we can do the coaching speculation, the story around who, who, who we might be looking at. What do you think? Um, speculation time. Let's do it. Let's, All right, speculation let's, let's, time. <laughs> so, uh, I, I believe Pablo uh, confirmed this today. Who uh, coaches that are being looked at? David Wagner, Jason Christ, Jill Ellis, and now also apparently John Harks as a potential hire. John Harks would be very interesting, considering it would be a very Ben Olsen like hire uh, as far as club 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 legend, and then you know some 
Ben had uh, a half a season of assistant coach experience when he got given the job. Uh, John Harks has bounced around a little bit. I believe he's in Greensville. He's in, he's in Greenville. He, he yeah, he's doing a good job with Greenville. They're top of League One right now. Um, they okay. are they are playing uh, very very well uh, through a lot of the competition. So they they're they're doing a good job down there. So the question, of course, is what kind of hire is this going to be? Like, what is the what is the goal? What is the what is the financial um, decision making and the rest of the team? If you've read the Steve Goff article, there's two articles, more stuff. There's been more DC United uh, content to consume in the last week than there has been <laughs> probably in the last three months, which is makes sense because the team has been bad and uninteresting, and now something very interesting happened. Uh, but uh, Steve and I also there was an athletic post as well that sort of said that the team sources say the team knows that it needs to spend more money on scouting. It needs to spend more money on the things around the team that are not necessarily just players and that they're falling behind and that any coach they hire will not succeed unless they do that. So that's promising. He pushed Jill Ellis forward. He being Steve Goff pushed Jill Ellis forward uh, as the prime candidate that he would like to see them hire. Uh, On that, I can say that uh, Bill Hamid, obviously not a fan of that, uh, post he, he he had liked criticism of that choice he had also he's the king of the subtweet and he doesn't I think there's no love lost for Steve Goff <laughs> uh, historically if you've been following Twitter for ten years now uh, yeah so that 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 I I, I think that um, there are I think the fan base is pretty mixed on it as well I think there are some people that are very interested in the idea of. Uh, hiring a successful international coach, but also I think people are also very enamored at the idea of breaking a barrier, doing something that no one else has done before. Um, I think that there, there's definitely some weight to that. My point on Jill Ellis would be uh, that an international coach that has success with a very, the most talented team in the world does not for, foretell for sure good club coaching experience. The, the thing that I thought of today was Scolari going to Chelsea and getting fired in seven months after winning a World Cup uh, and coaching Portugal and coaching Brazil? There are other, there are a number of examples of international coaches who have done well. The club game uh, from international is such a huge difference. Uh, putting aside sort of the concept between uh, any other differences that might exist between the, the U.S. women's national team and DC United, I think that that is. I'm not sure that this is the right moment for the club to, to, to break that barrier. I think that there are so many things wrong with this team being sitting in last place, historically being near the bottom or not near the bottom, but like just middling and having lots of holes in the roster. I feel like you have to choose someone that has a much longer track record of success at the club level and maybe even specialists in turnaround, I think was something you want to look at. What are your thoughts, Ted? Yeah, the, the Jill Ellis thing, the Jill, Jill Ellis, the idea of signing Jill Ellis is, is, is I have a mixed reaction, I guess, in well. I, I absolutely understand the, the barrier breaking it would be. It would be a tremendous moment uh, to, to, to watch a, a, a female take over a men's side uh, for, 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 I'm pretty sure, the first time. Uh, certainly in MLS and U.S. soccer history. Um, I, I will say that a lot of the comments from the U.S. women's national team players Post her leaving, uh, from Ali Krieger, um, who I respect, from Sydney Larue, from a lot of them, um, have basically said that they have basically said to the effect that we want it. They feel they won in spite of Jill Ellis as as their manager, um, and 
that gives me pause. And that should, I mean, if DC is smart, it should give DC pause. The, the national, I will say, comparing one difference in how U.S. soccer runs their women's teams as opposed to most national teams is that they do basically run it like a club team. They still don't probably play as many games or certainly not the long season. Um, you know, there's there's certain differences, obviously. Valerie but, being, a, being a big <laughs> sort of that yeah. sort of element of some players waking more than you and uh you know being able to leave i think i think the i think the the biggest thing about and, and there is a point to be made to she coached the best team in the world 18 players on that roster every single one of those 18 players would be starters on any other national team i mean that that team was just so good uh, and a lot of the groundwork was 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 laid by uh by by pia Sunhagen. uh so i'm i'm I, she would be somebody maybe I would consider maybe breaking that barrier as well. Uh, certainly had a, a a good rapport with a lot of the players uh, and uh, for the for the women's national team and really sort of guided that team and really set up Jill Ellis to be successful. And I, I think she kind of gets maybe pushed a little bit to the to the side uh, from from a U.S. women's national team perspective because the, those U.S. women's teams were not great they were not the great world dominating powers from you know the early 2000s uh you know they won in 99 and then nothing really i mean they didn't win another world cup until until uh until obviously uh 20 uh 20 oh gosh my, my memory 2015 so I mean, that was a big gap before they and then of course they won again in 2019 so uh i i think there i think there are some uh some some options there uh if uh, for a coach um as the other, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say some of the other options. Uh, John Harks is interesting. I, I think he has had success at Greenville, which I think you know maybe he learned a lot of lessons from being at Cincinnati. Obviously, uh, he was let go uh, before Cincinnati became an MLS team. Um, so I, I think that is also. I mean, I think the biggest problem is is DC cannot screw this up. Nope. And and that's I think a lot of apprehension. Whatever DC's, whoever, whatever coach DC decides on, there is going to be people that are going to bring up drawbacks. There's going to be drawbacks to everybody. There's draw. There's positives for having Jill Ellis there. Obviously, the media, the 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 excitement of having someone like that. There are the concerns about how she was US, uh, at the U.S. Um, uh, uh, women's national team and what the players thought about her. You have the uh, you have John Harks would be a club you know a, a club legend, great player, won a lot of championships, has some decent you know professional coaching experience for sure. Nothing at the top level, which is concerning. Um, you look at uh, Jason Christ, who's a guy who was the the darling of of Major League Soccer coaching, and then he went to New York and Orlando and and has fallen off. Um, if I'm looking for a sort of turnkey type coach, a guy who I think could step in. And immediately be successful. He's honestly my guy, and I think he showed in RSL he was not given an unlimited budget, and he managed to be successful for for a long time and really drive that team. and And you look at where RSL is now. Um, you have players holding parties of a hundred people and, and firing a gun off and being suspended. So, uh, and you and you have all the all the all the trouble there in RSL. So, um, I, I think Jason Christ would be a, a potentially a good option for this team if this team is looking maybe not to spend. Um, I think if you make a big time hire like Jill Ellis, then you you almost have to open the pocketbooks. You have to give her everything that you can do. Uh, you can't just be the same cheap DC United. Um, so I, I think there's some important thing. That's some important things to consider for the team. Another thing to look at: do, Would you say that Ben Olsen has won enough, uh, too much, or not enough? 
what would you say Ben Olsen's winning percentage? Are you happy with his winning percentage? Do you think we should aim for higher than his winning percentage? I I, I don't think you can be happy with a coach. I I I don't know his exact winning percentage. I know thirty six percent, thirty six percent. Yeah, and yeah. you can't be happy with that as a as a, someone who wants to watch your team win again. Mm-hmm. It you can't be happy with a long jumper who can only jump a couple feet when he's got a you know a, a bowling ball attached to his foot. So, um, you know, w- w- with that in mind, I want to uh, yeah. because I just want to talk about Jason Christ. Jason Christ did well in, in at Real Salt Lake over 267 games, 41 percent winning percentage that that created his mystique that created the halo effect around his name. New York, 28 percent fired uh, yeah, over two years. Orlando City, 33 percent fired over two years. Now he coaches Fort Lauderdale and also the U.S. U twenty three. Well, okay. To 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 be fair to Jason Christ, yes, it was two seasons, but the he was hired. And New York City was one season. You're right. It was one it, season. He, it was, was one season. He was cooling York. his heels for a year and like just h- hanging out and getting paid. It was actually a pretty sweet deal, <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly. They they did a, they did a like a, a a video about it. He was just hanging out with his kids in New York. Um, another another coach, David Wagner, another another fan favorite. I've heard a lot of people talk about him. Uh, Winning percentage of Huddersfield, including a year in which they got promotion, thirty-three percent. Schalke, thirty percent. So we are, we are, we're. I think so. There's, there's, there's. You know, here's, here's the question: Do we want to hire someone with a track record of winning? Maybe not necessarily at uh, a level at MLS's level or higher. Or do we want to say that someone else who I mean, now assets are you know spending not high at Huddersfield, Schalke. I think probably better than Huddersfield, but also severely underwhelming. Uh, Wagner had extremely long stretches of of losses at both. I believe the the winless streak was 16 league games. Oh, more than that, 17, 18, 18 in a row. Uh, and then he was fired after the 18th game at Schalke, and and he got promotion with Huddersfield, but then was fired by January of the next year. That's not uncommon uh, in the EPL. Um, sorry, he kept he kept Huddersfield in for one season and then was fired the second half of that of the the next season. Anyway, the question is that I, I think we should probably we should not be so in a rush to clamp on to the first couple names chosen here. Um, hopefully, it's it's expanded beyond that. I think that there are we have some time to get this right. It's clear they did not have a coach in in waiting, ready to go. I don't think I don't think that's where we're at. Um, so I hope that they spend the time, they understand what their plan is going to be. I think you, you said at the last show, um, Kevin, uh, not Kevin Payne, <laughs> not Kevin Payne. Uh, the, the GM is not Dave going Casper. anywhere. Dave Casper, not Kevin Payne. I don't know what year I'm stuck in. <laughs> Dave Casper is not going anywhere. He's going to be a part of this decision-making. He's going to be, a, he's going to be accountable for the next year. It's very clear by some of the comments that came out in the, um, in the statement about Ben Olsen, but also just, I think if you were going to let, let go of Ben, there'd be no reason right now not to let go of, of him as well, because you can't, you're not bringing anybody else in. There's nothing else to do. So clearly you're going to give him another year at least. So um, uh, anyway, th- those are the names that are, that have been circled. I think that we need to go beyond that just because I'm not wowed by any of these choices. Um, but maybe that's what, maybe that's maybe if you're the last place team in MLS uh, for uh, ownership that is notoriously cheap, you're never going to be blown away by an option of somebody who wants to come coach for you. Here's an interesting. Here's an interesting thing. Um, so I think a fan. I forget who brought it up, but 
and and I think our, our friend Charlie Bone kind of you know look at how jaded DC fans are uh, type of type of comment. But basically, what what he said is uh, th- this person on Twitter said, you know, really this isn't going to be DC hiring a coach. This is going to be DC convincing somebody, convincing a coach that it's worth it to come here. What do you sort of what do you sort of make of that? Do you think that is true, or do you think that's maybe dipping a little bit too much into the uh, um, the, the, negativity? Uh, the negativity. I think if you're, I think if you're trying to get Jurgen Klopp, you've got to convince somebody. But I think that most coaches uh, are excited about opportunities. It's depending on how you're shooting. I if, think any Jason coach Christ would jump get. at this opportunity to come here. Huh? If, if DC called and said, "Hey, we want to hire you," he would jump at it because you know, I know he wants to get back into the back into the game. Um, I am sure he is. He is sour about New York and Orlando and what happened there. I mean, this was a guy who, who many people thought many people thought was going to be like a potential national team uh, type of coach when he was at RSL. And then he just completely and, and utterly just collapsed after, you know, two, two bad seasons. I will, I will again say, you know, I will make the argument as always, the situations in New York and Orlando were not good ones because I think he had a club willing to that tried to spend money or tried to go after money. Um, But it's, you know, it's, it's, and they tried to be bigger. I think, you know, him managing, you know, Frank Lampard, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, was a little bit odd maybe for him to try to figure out. Um, but he, at the time he went to New York, he said he wanted to go to a club that had ambition. Mm-hmm. So he, he chose, he, that was the sword he, he drew on himself and then fell on it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I know he is, he's definitely been the coach that you've been talking about as, as, and, and maybe for the options that we have, he's the best one. Um, but we will, I think we're still gonna, I bet you the name, comes from beyond this original calling. I bet you it that could. we continue to find more names. It could. Let's, uh, let's talk about the game that happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it almost seems small, but, I mean, there, there are some things to, to, to digest from that game. I, I, I am, it's one of those games uh, this season that I'm not so negative on, maybe. Because, I mean, I've already accepted the season's over, and, and I guess the one thing I'm happening, I'm, I'm, now I'm, like, on the perspective, of, okay, who do I want back next year? Is more is more what I'm what I'm looking at. So well, let's talk about the thing you weren't happy about. So let's talk about the lineup to start with. Yes. Um, notable absences uh, from the starting lineup: Griffin Yao, Kevin Paredes, both starting on the bench. Uh, Moses Nyman did not make the 18 or 19 or however many people we had. He apparently had a, a slight injury and is, in, is there's a plan for him to either play or be on the bench uh, on Wednesday. But uh, Interesting lineup choices. Um, Eric Sorga also started for the first time this season. I have lots to say about Eric Sorga, and I will talk about them later. Uh, but uh, what do you think? What tell me what you think now? What did you think at the time when you saw this lineup, and then now, sort of, where's your head at after? In the time, I guess I had the same mindset of it's almost like Chad Ashton. It, it seemed to me like Chad Ashton was trying to okay, I'm in this position, and, and you know, hey, maybe if I'm in the same position. I'm doing the same thing. And maybe he is in the mindset of Ben got this wrong. I'm going to get these guys in here and I'm going to play this way that I want to play. And we're going to try to win games and we're going to try to get this team into the playoffs so I can make a case for my job. It would not be surprised if, you know, if the team was like, look, you know, Chad, you're, you're under consideration. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I doubt it happens, but, uh, but I mean, it, I mean, maybe he's trying to make his play there. Um, I was upset, obviously, because, you know, I want to see more Paredes. I want to see more Griffin Yao. Uh, Moses Nyman being injured was, you know, and, and it was almost like almost a complete reversal. I'm like, no, 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 we're making so much progress. Um, but you know what I noticed in the game? 
Um, yes, we gave up an early goal. We've been doing that all year. We gave it up off a set piece, no less. Um, but the, I mean, obviously the defensive core is, is kind of there. Um, Birnbaum's injured. Pines is going to be there. I think, you know, maybe you say this is the year you say kind of goodbye to Brilliant, I think at this point. Uh, but offensively, um, I thought we, we finally, it's taken a long time. We finally stalled Glintz. If we talk about the two big players that were brought in, that's Julian Gressel and Edison Flores coming off the bench. Finally, they started to show signs of what we were sort of promised when they when the team brought them in. Um, Julian Gressel finally has figured out or or has relearned how to play service uh, because his service off free kicks was incredibly dangerous, and all it needed is just one person to actually have a, a good enough header, a good enough uh, finish to, to put the ball into the back of the net. Um, and that was very, very good to see. I thought Julian Gressel showed a lot, a lot of improvement almost. And there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of uh, energy, particularly uh, after after the first goal. And then um, obviously they give up the second off a set piece. Uh, but then there was a lot of energy uh, in that second half where it almost looked like they belonged on the same field, which is something we just, we have not seen at all this year. They've always looked like they did not belong on that field. Um, yeah, the stats, I, the stats bear that out too on Gressel yeah. as well. He had the... Most expected goal uh, chain, which I'm guessing is like part of expected goal uh, opportunities. Most progressive passing, most progressive passing received. So certainly uh, he was unleashed a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have, uh, I didn't break down film. I don't know if he was not getting back defensively, but he was certainly um, much more engaged in the attacking third than he has been. There is something to be said when a coach is let go, suddenly there's uncertainty. In in any position, any position up and down. I guarantee you ask every one of those players, they will tell you the same thing, that when, when a coach is let go, there suddenly becomes uncertainty about your position, about whether you'll be, you know, whether the coach wants you next year, whether you're having to, you know, you look at Julian Gressel, he's on, he's on a, he's on a long-term contract. You know, I'm, maybe he's he likely, on, he likely felt good getting out from under Ben. Yeah. I, I feel like he, he either, I don't know if they had, disagreements but you could tell by his performance it was weighing on him over the course of the year and if you know like you said he was i don't think there was uncertainty about where he shakes out he's going to be a major part of this team or he's going to be transferred but if he's here he's going to play and he's going to be a major part but this new coach and the stated goal of we're going to have the ball more we're going to shoot more that that lends to his talent set and he and he was able to do what he wanted to do yeah and you look at uh edison flores came up off the bench and looked brighter than we've ever seen him look uh he had a a really nice uh, shot on goal uh he had a lot of moments that that really sort of wearing the uh the sort of the face mask and everything uh which is kind of funny uh by I the way do, by the way still go ahead sorry by the way, do we want to talk about the fact that the entire peruvian the peruvian team is there's now a COVID outbreak in the peruvian uh, yeah. national team so we're we're real <laughs> smart for telling everybody they couldn't go i guess i i actually i i need to watch again the second half i thought he was okay i thought Okay is, is is better than usual for him. So I think I I did remember the shot. I feel like there are still I think I think he still needs to put more of a stamp on the game uh, than he did. But he's coming back from a long break. So I'm gonna for for now I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a, a pretty long uh, you know excuse laying there. But I think um, you know Gressel was Gressel was very good. I'm happy about that. Let's talk about Eric Sorga. So my problems with Eric Sorga are are myriad. So Eric Sorga. Uh, does not release the ball when he has it. He dribbles too much. 
He doesn't have great decision making on when to let go and move. He can shoot. I feel like he has a good sense for the goal. I feel like he has. Uh, he's not. He's not a selfish player, but he has. I think he has a nose for it. But I think that when he goes back and gets the ball in the midfield, which he does a lot, uh, as the second striker, he he has taken on the Wayne Rooney go to the go to the midfield and beyond to get the ball. Uh, he he gave it up way too many times, and there are there are it's like I guess they're like rookie level mistakes considering he is indeed a rookie this year um, into this league. But uh, he has got to knock that off the, in order to get more game time, I think, and to be here next year uh, and to do the things that I think he can do well. I think he has I think he has real promise for scoring goals. I just think that the rest of his game is is not there and not even and not really close yet. Yeah, just it, it it very much I saw those some of those dribbling. He would get the ball in space and kind of dribble it, which I mean, I guess is in one sense maybe that's something you want to keep possession um and you're trying to keep possession or you're trying to hold possession. Uh but you're right. And and I have I have been kind of a I, there's a lot of fans out there that love Eric Sorga and I think it, it comes back to the goal he scored. It, it comes in, it comes exclusively back to the goal he scored against against the rebels. Yes, it does. And there he got a shot. He got a shot, and he had an opportunity. I think if he if he had managed to notch a goal, that that crowd would got a lot wilder. But I really don't think he was as involved in the game as I would like him to be um, in the attack, and 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 really didn't show me anything that made me think that he this guy is the answer. Um, this team is looking for a striker next year. Um, I, Galvin Remus, Galvin Rivas, uh, love the guy. He's not the answer. Uh, Ola Kamara, will, I will, I will wear that, uh, wear that badge of shame uh, about how much I talked him up. Um, I mean, he's clearly not been the answer either. Uh, this team needs to go out. I, I think they need to, to if they want to be successful, spend designated player money on a striker. I, I think and that's two more of them as well. Yeah, Galvin Rivas had two opportunities right in front of the, in the six yard box. He kicked one of them right in the middle of the goal at the goalie, and then he headed one right at the right at the right at the goalie in the course of like maybe two or three minutes apart. Um, can't do it. Gotta 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 make the goalie work. Gotta gotta put it a little bit. I'm glad they were on frame. Junior Moreno also had a shot on frame, which I think is maybe his first shot on frame. <laughs> you mean he didn't put it put it above put it above the bar? I think, I think uh, it I think was a had effort. a really nice chance as well. I, I seem to remember that like a really nice shot. Uh, I think that was well. Uh, if you look at the numbers, I mean, we had it appears we had. 14 shots, six on goal, 52% of possession, um, three offsides. That is because Ola Kamara only came on in the second half. Otherwise, it would be much higher than that. Um, only one save. So Bill Bill conceded two. And do we, do we want to talk about this? Yeah, I, I think we have to. Um, I think I said on my Twitter account, uh, Bill, Bill has – okay, let, let's be clear. Bill has been a sol- maybe a solid – MLS goalkeeper and when you are devoting most of your salary a lot of your salary cap to your goalkeeper he is I think the highest paid goalkeeper um, in the league Uh, he has quite simply not been good enough in my opinion and I think I I look back at you know I I look back on some of those goals and 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 I think you know I look back on the goal uh, the 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 I think it was the header for the second goal that was really a backbreaker because the team started playing really well you almost thought they were going to find a way to to put the ball in the back of the net Um, they were looking really positive and I look at that situation and the ball goes up and you are told as a goalkeeper anytime a ball 
is inside that 18 or near your six yard box, that is your that is yours as a goalkeeper. You're supposed to jump up and get it. And he has the skill and the ability to go do that. He did not do that. He stayed flat footed, allowed tried to have his defenders bail him out. They couldn't free header back of the net. Um and, and you know, he I think he still had some some pretty some pretty good saves. But I mean and, and maybe this is Save. a function of the team. This is probably a function of the team being bad. Um but you look at that from from that perspective uh they were not uh he he has not had any games where you say that he has saved this team or he's saved three points or he's saved a point i mean there probably have been some moments but they're very few and far between this year when when dc has been good and when they have won games that is those moments are very very clear when he has saved this team particularly three points when this team has had to sort of choke games out so um, uh, you know, Comment, commenters in here uh, haven't haven't drawn issue with picking up the goalie when the defense has been horrible, and the, and and there's been lazy defending. I think that it is it is hard to distinguish between the two. I, I I think you can't say that this has been Bill's best year for sure. I think you can't say that this has been in the top half of Bill's years, um, from any metric. But I do think that I I, do, I think it's worth looking at. I don't I don't think we're going to do better than him. I think that I think I think next year he'll with a better defense he'll be back to he'll be back to old Bill, uh, but this this season has not been uh, I, like you said. I, I challenge you to go back and find uh, uh, Bill saving this team points like like he has historically every single year. That's there has been games where we have had you know very few shots or we've had you know uh, a breakdown that should have led to a goal and he saved us and we kept that we kept the points. But this year. I, you know, I don't have it. I don't have it. At the top. I can't recall it at the top of my uh, tip, tip of my tongue. If anybody in the chat has a has an example, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> and here's what here's what I will say. Yes, okay. Has the defense? I mean, has the defense been fantastic? No. Have it been the worst defense we've ever had? I don't think so. Are we saying? Are we saying Donovan Pines is not a a decent defender? Are we saying? you know uh steve burnbaum's not a decent defender maybe everybody points to brilliant but i don't think brilliant's been awful i think they've been a pretty average defense the problem is they just haven't been able to score goals i think has been the biggest problem um they had a stretch where they did not give up a goal when chris seitz was in the net they have had shutouts this year um so i mean i i take a little issue with the fact that the defense has been horrible i think the offense has been the biggest problem this year is they just haven't been able to generate that offense to give this team a rest on defense in order. And, but I mean, I, I would, I would say they have not been as bad and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, if Bill was making two, 200,000, 150,000, I would say he's fine. He's not the issue. He's not the problem. Let's move on. But we are paying a significant number of salary. And I think it's worth asking the question, could that salary maybe be – could we find somebody who could do maybe at least a capable job as this season and not have to be putting so much money? Now, if we can get a – if we can get the, you know, 2018 coming back and the and the 20, uh, 2019 Bill Hamid who, who, who saved this team and kept this team alive, if we can get that Bill Hamid back uh, next year, absolutely he's worth the money. But he hasn't shown it this year, and, and I, we got to be honest. We gotta we gotta speak truth to power. Um, I'm I am I I am sure uh, if Ben Olson is listening, he has shut off and he has told he has said that we are we are we don't understand, and and I'm I'm sure we don't. But from my perspective, uh, Ben Olson, uh, yeah, Ben Olson, uh, 
Bill Hamid. Bill Hamid has not been worth his salary this year. And and that is a fact, in my opinion. Bill, if you are still listening, that was Ted. And this is John. <laughs> and I think you're great. I think you're doing a really good job. Just keep your head up. He, um, he's, 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 he's direct messaged me before, so he, he knows. He knows. All same. I think he's direct messaged most people. <laughs> uh, just, just, to, just to close it out, uh, Jonathan says what I was about to say. Pines is good for one catastrophic failure each game. True. And they've caught, and I, I can think of two goals that have occurred from those catastrophic failures. And they always seem to look kind of hilarious. They're like Bambi-esque on ice type of, type of failures. Uh, but uh, Mark... Rickling agrees with you and said he has not justified Hamid has not justified his salary differential. Um, anyway, let's 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 move on. I don't that is Bill Hamid is not uh, not one through ten of our biggest problems right now. <laughs> most likely, no. Uh, so we'll, we'll continue on. Uh, one commenter wants us to, to talk about Yamil. I have actually had numerous people contact me and say I would like Yamil out. People are people are overwatching Yamil. I think there's a, there's a challenge here in that he had a good first season. He left. And then there was just like, you know, a love affair that began. Hey, what's the guy from Atlanta on Twitter? From the, the Twitter, from uh, the SB Nation? Blog? Oh, yeah, him. Um, the guy that's obsessed with Emil Assad? Rob. 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 Yeah. Rob Usery, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, our, our whole team became that guy. Like, we are our, our whole, all the fan base, like, we need Emil back. Emil back would, 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 would make us much better. Uh, we couldn't get him back. Then we got him back. This season, he's not. I, I've not been impressed. I think there's been one game this year where he's made an impact. Uh, and, and ben had made the made the excuse basically that you know he's coming off a long break, but he is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not intent to keep him next year. I, I don't necessarily think that he is a great value. Or if not, just be ready to move on from him and not have him be an automatic starter. I just think he's not making an impact anymore. So I I, I think Yamil has suffered from the fact that he is a good complimentary piece but if you are asking him to be the to be the guy and in reality that is what the team has sort of been doing this year he is he has uh, played I'll, I'll open up the phone lines too 202-905-0454 open them up by the way give us a call talk about ben talk about talk about your favorite memory of ben uh, i i'm still want to rem- reminisce a little bit reminiscing is fun right now because this team is terrible um, but, but, but to, uh, to, to Yamil Saad, um, you know, I, I think you look at this season, you look at what it, what, what it was like when he was in Atlanta, that was in Julian Gressel's the same boat, you know, there, it was the Miggy and, uh, and Joseph, uh, Martinez show in DC for, for Assad, it was the Wayne Rooney and Lucho Acosta show. Uh, and now he is sort of kind of, so he was kind of a nice piece to have. Um, sort of in that late 2008 and 2018, the team wasn't that great. So, I mean, beginning of 2018, we kind of, we kind of forget that a little bit. Um, so you, you, you look at that and you say now he is kind of moved up the pecking order, uh, particularly with Paul Ariola's injury. He is, you know, it's Gressel, Assad, Flores, you know, so now he is, he is a more, you know, compromise piece of this attack. Uh, I, I think he's had some moments, uh, but again, I think, I, I think the question is going to be. I think he's been asked to do a lot more than what he's what he what he's been asked to do in previous seasons. In previous seasons, he was just told to just bomb up and down the sidelines, find your spaces, find your chances. Um, so I will be curious. I will be curious to see uh, what happens maybe under a new coach and some new direction. Um, I, I look at a lot of these players who have had good seasons, who are still who are still 
young and in their and in in is still clo- approaching their prime. Julian Gressel, Paul Riola, you know, Edison Flores. They, these aren't guys that are like I think people just think, tend to think, oh, they're washed up, forget them. I'm like, no, these guys are still young players. They still have a lot of their career. I have to look at. I'm actually I'm I'm curious what now what Yamil Assad's age is. I actually don't. I actually have no uh, clue. He is 26. So if you're telling me that he can never get back to the way he was at 20, you know, 24, 23, uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't buy that. Um, I don't buy that. I just think he needs to be given a better direction. Okay. Well, fine. Give him half of a season next year. I mean, I, I mean, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't just keep every young player who's ever had a good season. Cause he might get back there one day. Like, I feel like we can't, we cannot afford to hope that he re- he get he gets back there. It's a rebuilding year, uh, yes, but they've they've all been that way. I think we need, I think we need to make a lot of moves here. Um, I, we we've had this we've had this quasi discussion fight last time. Most of these players don't have a lot of resale value. Yamil Asad does not have much, um, even if he has a quasi good season. A lot of these players have interleague value, um, but not much beyond that. Uh, aside from maybe Ariola and maybe Bill, maybe yeah. maybe less now. After a bad season. Anyway, uh, so I, I think, you know, overall, we would say we're pretty pleased with that 2-1 loss, even though the the goal was an own goal. But DC United's peak score from 2013 has returned. Uh, <laughs> as uh, Ben left, uh, own goal has returned. Um, but, I mean, if this is if this is how we're going to lose the rest of the year... We can we can handle that, right? I think we can I mean, we can deal with that as a if we got to watch this and we have to. It's the rules. We have a contract. It's uh, going to at be, least at least it's looking better, you know. And 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 that's really what I, I want to see out of these last six games. I want to see because I'm I'm already thinking even this team manages to pull together some sort of you know rabbit out of a hat goes on an amazing winning streak. I'm still thinking about 2021. I'm not expecting this team to to, to make any noise in the playoffs. I, I want to see no. some <laughs> no no yeah, no. I, I want to see some guys. Okay, who who you know? I, I know that we we need a we, we need a new major piece. Um, we, we need. I, I don't think Edison Flores. I think Edison Flores could be a comparable third designated player if he is not given the keys. I think this team needs somebody. It, it needs it needs a guy like Wayne Rooney, a young maybe a younger. Don't say young Wayne Rooney. <laughs> young Wayne Rooney. Not a young Wayne Rooney, but a guy who's okay. The biggest issue with this team is that there's no person in here who wants to sort of say, this is my team. We are going to go do this. We're going to go do this. The one guy they had out there was Pipe Higuain, and he's gone. Thank And we, maybe we'll get a little bit of that because there are a lot of fans out there that were like, oh, man, this is oh, so yeah. – Yeah, there were my fans. I'm, I'm sure maybe you're upset. I, I am I am nonplussed. I'm like, fine. Go, go, to, go to Inter-Miami, whatever. Um, yeah, we, our, our producer says we need Paul back heart. We do need Paul back. And, and that will be the, that, that, that for me is the new, um, the new Branko Boscovich 2013, or uh, maybe it was 20. I'm trying to remember when Branko, th- there was like this moment when you saw Dax McCarty and Branko Boscovich link up and you had this idea that maybe they would be sort of the key in the answer, uh, in, in 2012. And then Branko went down with a major injury. Um, so the open was, cup game, yeah, the open cup game. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Branko Boscovich forever, the, 
the 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 uh, basically Paul Real is a new Branko as far as that goes. Um, you know what? The what? I hope that's not true. Well, Although the, the, for, seen, for for the season, for the season is what I'm saying. It's the more like the more what if scenario of like what happens if he's actually healthy and back. So, Paul, we've got to have you on the show to to discuss the the back piece that you've gotten done uh, in the last two days. Uh, Paul sat for a full back tattoo in his own home while playing FIFA, while playing as DC United on FIFA. There you I go, will, man. I will have you know. But I have questions about some of these, some of these, uh, some of these choices. So, uh, Paul, if you're, if you're, if someone's listening, they talk, they can talk to you. <laughs> Holler at us because I have, I have questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Pippi Guayin is gone. We got fifty thousand dollars in funny money. Which I think we may have already used for an international spot, so that Edison Flores can come back. Mm. So, we just basically said, "Go be with your brother; it's fine." Uh, uh, Pablo said that Iguain was uh, vociferously annoyed, basically, uh, at, at DC. He was tired of not playing. I was tired of him not playing, uh, but he was growing frustrated. I think even beyond just his being demonstrative on the field and basically yelling at his teammates for never giving them, never doing the right thing. So I think it's probably good that he goes and, and gets a chance to play a half season with his brother. Probably not going to play next year. Um, it would have been I, – I think it would have been interesting to see how the season sort of developed if we didn't have COVID. I, I think maybe he would have gotten more of a look um, if, if, if the season had sort of played its way out. I think the fact that it was such a short stint, and I think I, – I just think it led to weird stuff. But you know what? I'm I'm – hiring even if they i think some people maybe were hinting maybe they make you know higuain the coach maybe he would be he would be after ben was let go he would have been the coach that they would have brought in um i kind of disagree with that scenario again i don't don't think think, yeah there's a very i'm gonna be very adverse if they sort of bring back a new coach and say hey this is this coach's first time um yeah so uh, well, there was a question that what has happened to uh, Yordi, and I believe he's I believe he has COVID. Uh, yeah, we're I think you that's know, the deal. We we can't we can't say for sure because of HIPAA. You know, they're never going to say DC did have a player test positive. He was off the team. Uh, the entire Peruvian team now has COVID. So I, I think he. Th- someone posted a picture. Did he go out to like the airport or whatever to like see off? Like one of the player, some of the players, or something like that. I, I don't know. I can't remember that. I think, I think Ryan Kiefer posted that or something like that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing connections that probably don't exist. But <laughs> there is a cork board with some string. <laughs> you already ran a string and COVID string. Anyway, uh, I think they said that he is. Uh, I, I don't know if he's been cleared yet, but I, I think I think that they're. I think he's maybe practicing. Paul is practicing full speed. Based on all of the all of the images that we're getting out of training, I think that we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Is he going to get? Is he going to play this year? I think he is. Even in a lost season, I think he wants to get out there now. So, you know, go for it, man. Well, <laughs> go, watch him like light it. it up with like a hat trick, and then we're all gonna. It's going to become the new thing. Like what happened? What if? What if? What if Orlando didn't didn't take out Paul Ariola? Yeah. <laughs> what if they didn't tack? What if they did not run him over the golf cart? Yeah. And, and, and cane him in the knee with a golf club. What yeah, that that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. We don't know. Yeah. I think that's what happened. We no one can be sure based on the fact that there was no video. Footage. Yeah. No video footage. Come at me. Anyway, I think that we are uh, we're in a we're in a we're in a spot now where we're going to have these games that don't mean anything in the larger scheme, and will just be about what uh, what positives can we draw. I hope that. 
I think that after this loss and then maybe one more, um, maybe they'll be encouraging Chad to potentially play those kids. <laughs> I, I think that his his goal of sneaking into the playoffs to for his uh, to argue for the job, I think maybe if we lose another game, I don't know if when math I don't know when math takes hold here because we're doing ten teams out of fourteen, but. I want to see more Griffin Yao, please, and Kevin Prettis. And you know that that is one thing I think that DC the coach a coach is going to get a benefit. There's plenty of tape on all these players. Every single player, there's going to be plenty of tape, plenty of analysis where a coach can come in and say, "Well, I like this guy. I like this guy. I like this guy. I don't like him. You know, yeah, we can we can do away with him. You know, there, there's plenty of tape now. Um, I wanted to see when DC. I'm very curious. DC uh, <laughs> next match is Philly oh, on Wednesday. Sweet. Oh Sweet man! Games. How did uh, that last game go, go against Philly? I don't recall. I wonder what happened in that game. It wasn't was that good. Four nothing game, I believe that was. Yeah, that, it was. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a bad game. I should. I it should was, say not the four nothing game, but a four nothing game. Then we get uh we get Cincinnati at seven thirty on a Sunday. So the, that's the week we got coming up before we're back on the air uh, to talk about this team. So, um, so as you can tell, we've researched and are able to give you a preview. Because we just now googled who they're playing this week. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, hey, we 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 the research is is Philly's much better than us. They are going to be mm-hmm. better than us. Maybe we benefit from the fact that I think Aronson is. I don't know. If, I think he's out. I think he's here till the end of the year. Uh, they're they're going. They are the heavy favorites. They are probably going to beat us. Uh, since he's maybe a little bit more interesting because maybe this you know new. I I really wish like we had played cincinnati like i think we would have if we had played the way we played chicago we might have actually won that game so um and since he's uh, the same thing they're they're the the same as they've ever been so they're they're hanging out in the bottom of the east just like us so be the the eastern conference toilet bowl all right um i guess that does it for us guys uh again patreon.com slash rfqrefugees rfqrefugees.com um i think I know I've been really busy. We will definitely get to more of the content that you guys love uh, yep. to, to do in the posts. Um, so definitely, we're gonna bring- have we're gonna also have some some giveaways here in the next few weeks uh, related to our Patreon. So be uh, not well as you can see by the T-shirt being sold. You're gonna hear about it. So yeah, when we have that, you're you'll know about it. Yeah. I will be tweeting. Yes. So look out for that. Look out, uh, and thank you all so so much for listening. You guys are awesome. We will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos.